give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico this is how uh, Martin Kellner greets the mighty John Monfigley on his weekend show, of course, so we thought we'd dig this one out of the archives as well. To say good morning and welcome back to John. I spoke to him a little while ago, of course, about Mexico's exit from the World Cup and their performances down the years. I imagine it's still hurting a little bit, John. Is it good morning, John, live from Mexico? How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Yeah, honestly, here, people have basically forgotten about it. It's really interesting. <laughs> Just a, a week since the exit, everybody's moved on to uh, to different stories and different news. And to some extent, I think... Mexico has come full circle to realizing a little bit what we spoke about last time, that they are not contenders and that something needs to shift in order for Mexico to be a category one footballing nation, which it currently is not. OK, we have got a couple of those major footballing nations still in the competition, Argentina and Brazil. Now, we can imagine there'll be absolute kind of pandemonium in those countries. There's going to be huge enthusiasm. I presume people will be watching there across the rest of uh, South America and Latin America, of course, because it's a, ma a major interest for everybody. And, and as a, a continent and North America, obsessed with football by and large. I think you are completely right. Everybody is going to be paying massive attention tomorrow. But I think there is a, it's an important difference to be made between how they will follow Brazil and how they will follow Argentina. Brazil, because of its footballing prowess, how it plays the game uh, and so on, is almost everybody's, as we all know, second favourite footballing nation. And that very much is the case within Latin America too. Argentina, to some extent, is a um, can be regarded as being some, something of a national pariah uh, within the context of, of, of Latin America. There's generally a lot of conflict between Argentina and other countries. Vis-a-vis uh, -vis how they regard themselves. So um, where everybody or the vast majority of Latin Americans will be very keen on Brazil moving forward or pushing through the quarterfinals, that's not necessarily universally the case with Argentina. It's also worth saying that, that there's a difference in perspective within Brazil and within Argentina. The whole of Brazil, now everybody I'm speaking to in Brazil, massively enthusiastic, really has a uh, huge belief in what their team and squad are capable of. But Argentina is very different. Argentina, the hopes are based around Messi and what he might do and what they hope that he might do in terms of the end of a you know, storytelling fable. But actually, in terms of the belief on the on the team itself and also socially and politically, what's taken place this week, where the first vice president ever has been uh, not just charged, but also uh, 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 indicted with um, uh, with with corruption scandals and, and, and embezzling and also controlling uh, national contracts. She's been in, uh, given six years in prison for that and also been given a lifetime ban. So everybody is switching, is trying to distract themselves from the national political cycle onto football. And there's much more conflict there than there is currently in Brazil. Uh, now, we know that um, Brazil kind of regard themselves, and they are to an extent, you know, the, the World Cup side, the ones to watch each and every competition. They've had a bit of flack over here because of their celebration dances. Well, it, it was deemed they were perhaps celebrating prematurely against the side who maybe didn't offer them top flight competition. I thought that was unfair and patronising. But let's remind people of, of the of Brazilian reputation, which is basically that of, you know, dance, football, football dance, the Samba Boys. This is the Brazil we all came to see at the World Cup. There's no doubt about it. 
Brazil are in it to win it. It's going to take a very good team playing very well to beat them. He was born to play for Brazil, Richarlison. Richarlison overhead kick! What a goal! One of the greatest in World Cup history! The attacking options have really come through. Vinicius, who's exploded at yeah. Real Madrid. Hafia, who was unknown there because he's made his career abroad. Neymar has got a sweet thing going with Lucas Paquetá. They've got Richarlison. They've got lots of attacking options. What a magnificent goal that was from Brazil. It's strictly come football and the celebrations as artistic as that football. It's an expression of joy to celebrate scoring a goal as, as, a, as a factor of, of, of motivation. Brazil's going to win the World Cup. There's an expectation there, and there'll be huge disappointment when they're not to make it to the final and then go on to win it. But we've also got the added, I suppose, um, story behind these stories of both Argentina and then Portugal, with very strong Brazilian connections, of course, from their colonial past, having the last time around in the World Cup, I'd imagine the last time around, for both uh, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. So in that way, there's a kind of backstory to the World Cup. And there's always this kind of narrative going on. Again, that's going to be bound to be, I'm sure, the focus of interest, not just in those countries, but throughout the Southern Hemisphere and throughout, uh, throughout Mexico, I'd imagine, John. Yeah, I don't think you're, you're completely right. I mean, we, we always do human narratives. I mean, human narratives is how we connect to stories. And for sure, uh, we, we focus on, we understand these narratives by, uh, by, by uh, fixating on the stories of particular individuals, uh, whether that be Neymar, whether that be uh, Messi, Ronaldo, as, as you say, and so on. And, and, and actually, I think in the context of Leo Messi, it very much tells the story of Argentine football, which is about incredible uh, natural talent and skill but really I guess kind of uh, not just unrepresented or underrepresented but uh, but but um, uh, talent which skill which has never quite reached a fruition on the international stage and that's where Argentina is really hoping that this marks a change from what a second before place before and actually if you look at this context as well historically when has Argentina really uh, managed to, to, to fix itself on the international uh, psyche. And that's when Maradona was at his absolute best. It wasn't the best team of all time. It was a team dragged to glory by a single individual. Yeah. And that is what Argentina still is looking for. And let me ask you a broader question, John. Is there resentment um, in that part of the world, in Latin America, about the fact that so many top players um, play in Europe and play elsewhere obviously they're following not just different qualities of football different lifestyle and certainly the money I only ask that because um, early doors there was conversation in this country about oh maybe it'll be tougher for the, the um, South American superstars because it's halfway through their season oh, so it's the end of their season they may be tired out but of course for most of them it wasn't the end of the season because they're playing in Europe all the greats really pretty much yeah again I completely agree that the measure of these things is uh, the narrative would have been you come to the end of a particular aspect of particular stage of the Latin American football season, there's a break, and then the World Cup. But actually, you know, the vast majority of players that are playing in the World Cup, as you say, actually exist in the European leagues. Where It's, it's interesting, because where there is not a, resent, a resentment is because all, almost all of the players who have aspirations in Latin American football actually aspire to be part of the European League. So it's not as though they resent the fact that they're not part of that. Uh, they desperately want to be part of that, and that is the pinnacle of their potential careers. And that is the same uh, viewpoint, I think, in, in Latin America in terms of what takes place in those uh, in those leagues as well. Is It's not like it's uh, viewed as being these fo these foreign leagues that these ultra-moneyed stars go to, but actually it's regarded as being their most successful na national 
offspring and sporting stars to go and then be represented on the world stage, which is European football. So actually, there is much more pride and understanding based around decisions than any kind of resentment. And football is for you at least coming home. I don't mean going back to the UK, but football is going to where you live because I think uh, USA, Canada and Mexico are hosts next time around. Um, I think it'll be the third time Mexico's either been the main host or involved in the hosting of the World Cup. And again, that's the kind of thing that must be a huge boost, not just to the economy, but to the image of the country abroad, I'd imagine. Yeah, very much so. Mexican heritage as regards the hosting of, and not just uh, uh, FIFA World Cups, but also Olympic Games and, and so on. Historically, I mean, not in the recent past, but if you look at a period of between the 60s, 70s and 80s, I mean, Mexico City actually often politically was uh, a chosen center of the of the globe and of the. Um, elsewhere, I mean, of course, you know, the political landscape evolves all the time and Mexico with this new footballing cycle has been chosen not because of where it is in and of itself, but it is because it is part of a, a growth triumvirate in terms of the USA and Canada and where Latin America support uh, and fandom is in really key and important to the development of the sport in Canada and the United States. So, so that's where its, its role really uh, exists in this particular context. Different, but still, you know, Mexico at the centre of things geographically in a sporting context, uh, as as we haven't seen for about 20 years or so. Now it's probably impossible to sum up how a whole country is feeling or, or you know, the morale or, the, or what's dominating their news agendas for, the, for all the different countries. But, of course, we've had change in Brazil. We're talking about change in other countries. There's always kind of concerns about perhaps the, the impact of the recession we're having in Europe at the moment on the rest of the world elsewhere. Is there a mood of optimism, would you say, certainly in Mexico and maybe in other Latin American and South American countries? How do they see their future at the moment? Or are there concerns about things beyond their control impacting on their lives and lifestyles? Yeah, for sure. It's a strange time at the moment in Latin America. The war between uh, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia perhaps seems so far away, but actually economically it's very front and centre in terms of rising costs, uh, inflation, uh, supply chain problems. I mean, that reaches even here. And there are some seismic shifts taking place continually politically in the region as well. Actually, Mexico currently is one of the more stable countries. But if you look at what took, what's taking place in Peru just yesterday, uh, and again, the, uh, the, the, the situation vis-a-vis, -vis, uh, the vice president in Argentina, um, and so on. I mean, and, and actually the Guata, an ex-Guatemalan president has just been today has been sentenced to eight years in prison. So, uh, there's continually a state of, I guess, sort of flux that is felt by your average individual on the streets of, of Latin America, which never quite goes away. Um, where, what I think has changed significantly maybe over the last 10, 15 years is the kind of an emergence of a middle class, which is to some extent resistant to these political machinations, divigations, and also to the ups and downs, the major ups and downs of uh, economic strife, which have perhaps taken place historically. And so the mood on the street isn't necessarily what you would have expected in the 80s or the 90s here. There is a, uh, I mean, people aren't uh, maybe at, at the whim or at the mercy of external events in quite the same way, but still people feel, uh, you know, 
vulnerable to external forces. John, always an absolute pleasure to touch you base with you, matey. Stay safe and we'll talk again soon. I hope John Monfiglio there, live from Mexico, talking to me, Paul and you guys, about the forthcoming uh, quarterfinals and looking ahead to the future of the World Cup the next time around. Of course, Canada, America, the USA, and Mexico hosting Mexico for the very th the third time. And we've only done it once. It's talk Sports and Talk Radio.